0: Ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the Airwaves, Turn off the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Never say never, live your dream.
1: Well, another week, another power hour. Hello there, our party partners. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And this is our T for Two segment, Mother Daughter Brew. My name is Cynthia Bryant. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are your personal growth success coaches here on the airwaves with you every week, pumping your energy. Well, I think we're going to just start off the show today by saying, Gong Hei Toy <laughs> <laughs> With the Happy Lunar New Year, the arrival of the new moon. We're ushering in the year of the hair, and the hair is representing longevity. And our T for Two, Heather and I are going to talk about the zodiac and the Chinese zodiac, and kind of what it can mean to you and what year you're born in. We're also going to uh, do a wrap up of the California Independent Film Festival, as well as the SAG Awards, and we're going to touch on relationships. On what do you do when you have an angry spouse? And finally, in our third uh, portion, we're going to talk about how the Baby Boomers are turning sixty-five. So. You want to stay tuned for all the information. So, okay, well, that what does the hair represent? It represents longevity. It's said to be the most fun-loving, artistic, mild-mannered, peacemaking, conscientious uh, sign in the zodiac. And uh, people who are born under this are live long, and it's kind of a good thing because we're following on the heels of a very stormy year with the year of the tiger. So maybe 2011, we're going to see things calm down under the common sense and the gentle influence of the rabbit. It is the luckiest sign of all, and these people are supposed to be articulate and affectionate and talented, and hey, I'll second that. I am a rabbit. (laughs) 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 So Heather, the Chinese New Year, let's talk about it. It's the longest and most important celebration of the Chinese calendar, which uh, was begun in 4709, so... What about Chinese? Yeah, soldiers?
2: well, one thing, you know, getting with the whole, you know, zodiac signs, a lot of people understand or they know about their astrology, you know, Cancer, uh, Aquarius, their zodiac astrology, but not many people know much about the Chinese zodiac signs, much more than what's on a placement at their favorite Chinese restaurant. And there's actually a much different um, the calendar and the way it's created. It's so much more different. There's actually there's 12 uh, Chinese zodiac um, signs, as well as each sign has different elements to it. There's five main elements: metal, water, wood, fire, and earth. And similar to how um, regular astrology has signs, these ones are very different and unrelated to the day and the month—it's more regarding the year. And um, getting back to those twelve main animals, so the zodiac, the Chinese zodiac calendar consists of twelve uh, animals. And according to Chinese legend, um, these are the twelve animals that appeared before Buddha, or in some stories, the Jade Emperor. Um, depending on which story you read, that uh, came to his temple. And the way the calendar goes is in the order that they presented themselves um, to Buddha. So Legend the Picks,
1: each animal... Oh, I didn't know that part. I didn't know that's how yeah. they ordered, they were the way they presented themselves. Interesting. Exactly. And this is and how the stories of how the characteristics of these animals
2: came, because each animal's journey is different, slightly. Um, and each one came. So regarding the rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, which we are celebrating this year, dragon, snake, horse, ram, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. And with the zodiac, with the astrological, I'm just going to say zodiac, when I'm speaking of um, uh, the ones we, we typically, the, ty- the ones we typically use regarding cancer. Those ones, there's 12 within a year. This one consists over 12 years, so each one is only celebrated every year. So in essence, your your year only comes once every 12 years. Um, with these 12 animals re- representing a 12-year cycle. Um, you that's why we always hear, you know, the year of the pig, the year of the rabbit, and each one has a different energy um, as well as good things to come. And, and not so much. It all depends. As a, um, I'll get into the elements in just a moment. But for each animal and someone's element, depending on the different year. so this is your year as the rabbit, but my year as the rat, um, I need to, there's different aspects that will affect me depending on what animal it is as well as my elements associated with it. Um, in addition, another thing is with um, these five elements, metal, wood, water, fire, and earth, um, they're actually associated with five, the five major planets. So what those, um, those five elements transfer to is Venus, Jupiter, Mercury, Mars, and Saturn. And so it's very, you know, it's very
1: astrological. So it's kind of it combined with the the regular, um, you know, astrological signs that we, you know, that most people besides the Chinese work with? Well, I it's found it very, very... Well, what's interesting is the ones that we typically, that people just go off
2: on. Um, it's just it's a one sign. year and it's based on star alignment of how, you know, your day, this theirs is much more complex. Um, and we don't start it, the Chinese New Year's, as we're celebrating it today, doesn't start on January 1st as we normally start the year. Well, it's actually it actually starts usually, today. Yeah, that, and that's to i say usually will will come either at the end of January or um, the beginning of February, such as um, this year where it's falling on February
1: 3rd. And it, is um, it so always it, the lunar, is it always with the new moon? Is it the second? Oh, it's yes. This is yes, the lunar new and moon.
2: And exactly. And that's why that's why the date differs because um, it, it coincides with the appearance of the new moon each year. So um, each year that, that date can slightly adjust. And one thing that goes in it, it was that um, these, this whole signing um, thing, it co- coincides with the whole yin and yang um, and the directions, the positions of the sun and the moon. And a person's date and time, um, actually their their birth date and the time they're born, if you really get
1: into it, it actually coincides or predicts their whole future and success and prosperity as well as loss, depending. Well, you know, well, from what I was reading is that in the Chinese tradition, that the the they believe that the year of your birth is the absolutely most important factor in determining your physical and mental attributes, your personality traits, and how much success and happiness you're going to have throughout your entire lifetime. It, very, very
2: much so. Very much so. And I found it, I found it fascinating that um, in I'm a Cancer, and Cancer is a water sign, and big, big. Uh, um, things about cancer are that, you know, we're water flowing. We're very emotional and sweet and nurturing. And in uh, the, the Chinese astrology, I'm a rat, and I'm actually a wood rat. <laughs> and what was interesting about uh, wood rat characteristics is that they I found many things that I felt really wormy that overall they're full of energy and they're talkative, um, but sometimes you know they have an, a tendency that uh, they can become emotional things or or one thing about wood rats is that uh, they put off a, an essence of self confidence and they have fears of failure, um, but they will work really hard. So I found when reading about it, I found a lot of interesting stuff that I felt like. Similar to how when I read stuff about
1: cancers, of wow, this is this sounds just like me. Um well, you know, but, uh, before we go on with how they seem to match, I, what I found so interesting is that some of these animals aren't animals that we would normally want to be associated with. Like, how many people want rats in their house? You know? Yeah. Okay. Or how many people want snakes or dragons or, or pigs? And yeah, <laughs> I can see the rabbits and I can see the horse and. The sheep and the monkey, um, the dog. I mean, I'm fine with pigs, but a lot of people wouldn't want to be called the pig.
2: <laughs> I think it's Indians, all the interpretation of how truly, you know, culturally other animals for us are viewed very differently. Um, how in Indian, you know, cows are sacred. Um, that, that it's such a holy thing. And here, you know, it's our mass production hamburgers. Um, and in other places, you know, insects. And I found what why, um, in, my, in just my personal opinion, why I found significance about these animals, that they're so odd and they're so different. But a big thing behind Buddhism, you know, it's kind of seeing that everything, you know, finding that good in life and finding that every creature, every animal has its value. And I think in us, you know, how we, as soon as we see a spider, we'd want to, you know, squash it. But to be that everything has life and everything is that circle of, like, that butterfly effect, I, I find it fascinating that it's kind of these animals that we wouldn't really consider um, to have.
1: To be our pets. Well, at the Chinese New Year, the celebration, the, the tradition is that people wear red. Do They wear red clothes. They decorate their places, you know, with uh, poems on red paper. They give children lucky money in red envelopes because red symbolizes fire, and according to legend, fire drives away bad luck. So, is that why there's fireworks in Chinatown? That you know, that, is that where the festivities are rooted in? That yeah, custom? I
2: believe so. You know, I think things more and more become commercialized and celebration. Um, but yet yeah, that's if you've ever seen the dragon dancers. Um, I can only imagine. I'm sure up in uh, Northern California, say in San Francisco. Um, I bet in you
1: know, their Chinatown district is having huge celebrations. Right, because it's the biggest Chinese uh, gathering outside of China. It's the biggest, you know, it's the city that has the biggest concentration of Chinese people. I think that the, it's that long ago people in China lit those bamboo stalks because they thought that the crackling flames were going to frighten away all the evil spirits. And so then the dragon dance, you know that. I mean, it's it's so colorful. It's such, a, it's such a fun time of the year. But getting back to the animals and the symbolization, um, how, how true do people seem to find their, the status of what they're associated with?
2: Well, I think what's really interesting is I feel people really don't know. Until, really today, until we are doing this topic, I've never really investigated much into my Chinese astrology because you don't see it in the back of magazines or that it's, you know, that your birthday each year is celebrated. Because your Chinese astrology, what's associated with you, you truly only get, um, though you live it, there's only a year truly dedicated it that everyone else lives and um, kind of in your elm, in, in your planet. Um, so I never really investigated into mine. And when I did, I found amazing um, connections that I really felt when I'm reading uh, both negative and positive things, really felt like this, um, that it symbolizes me, that I feel very much that I associate with the year of the rat and the attributes that make up the rat. And funny enough, um, when uh, looking into what my boyfriend is, um, that he's a water pig, and which sounds so silly, but reading the descriptions, the way it describes um, the year of the pig and what the element of a water pig is, sounds exactly like him. Um, so I, I find it fascinating that people really don't know much about it because it isn't as commercialized and it isn't spoke as, except for the one time of year that they'd look
1: into it. Um, so well, I mean, let to talk about the year of the rabbit a bit for people, you know, what everybody can expect. Because now the rabbit is the fourth sign of the Chinese zodiac, right? And, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's considered the lucky sign. So a little bit about rabbits. They are considered very private individuals, um, but they're also gregarious, and they make good teachers and communicators. That's why there's so many actors and writers that are born in the sign of the rabbit. But if you're not a rabbit, what can people expect for the this year?
2: Well, I was saying is is that as you said, this is a year of luck and prosperity. Um, But everyone needs to put in factor of what their element and what their animal um, brings into it this year. With every new growth of a year, you know our dreams, our hopes, our goals. Um, to be aware, just as right now, there's so much going on um, environmentally. This is something to cha- um, to kind of channel into um, with your own self. When I was looking into my own um, animal for the for the rabbit, this year it says that you know regarding career and uh, health stuff. It says that finding a new um, hunger for success and help and while meeting new friends um, and getting involved in different public relation acts takes this time to celebrate with family becomes one of importance this year. So whatever that's meaning for maybe this year, I guess the, the rabbit to me is, is bringing me hopefully luck with, with family and
1: friends seems to be. My well, and, and that, I think, is probably the optimism for the year, from everything that I've been reading about the Year of the Rabbit, is that people in all signs are looking forward to this year because it is the luckiest sign on the Chinese zodiac. And so they believe that uh, the money is going to increase this year, that family and friends, uh, the relationships are going to get better, And that our economy isn't going to be as depressed as it has been in the past. So I think that's all a positive. (laughs) A positive, at least Mm -hmm. from appearance' sake, it sounds uh, sounds like a good thing. We'd rather look to the future and know that hey, we might have a a good time this year. Well, are you going to be celebrating? Uh, let's, uh, let's get this Chinese party started. Let's get it started. Well, give out the websites, and let's let everybody have a great uh, Chinese New Year and hop along with the Year of the Hair and a Happy Lunar New Year. What are the websites? Most definitely go to bethestarur.org, bethestarur.com. And CarmenClutches.com, both with a K. Well, we hope that you go to a lantern festival or have the opportunity to see one of the dragon dances and have a good, good, good time and just be optimistic and we'll create our own dreams and make our future bright. This is Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Brittany. And this has been Star Be the Star You Are. And I will be right back with a wrap-up of the SAG Awards, as well as the California Independent Film Festival, and we'll be talking about how to keep an angry spouse at bay. Stay with us.
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates
1: handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com That's Carmody with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827.
2: Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns.
0: you are. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
1: Well, my purpose in providing you this radio show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the producer, the writer, the director, and the star of your own life. We want you to smile, have fun, and be willing to be wild and wacky and get you reading some good books. And as you know, I have five bestsellers out there. Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, Be the Star You Are, The Business of Show Business, Miracle Movements, and Be the Star You Are for Teens, and then a great ebook called The Blessings of Love and Relationships. You can get more information by going to com and clicking on the store. You can buy all the books there, or of course you can also go to cynthiabryan.com and click on the Star Style store. We want you to uh, be leaders, but we know that in order to do that, you must be a reader. So sit back and enjoy. Well, the miracle moment for you today is brought to you by the book, The Business of Show Business, which helps people get into the entertainment industry and avoid the scams. And the miracle moment is a Chinese proverb, tension is who you think you should be relaxation is who you are. I think that's something that we need to think about, is we are supposed to be in the relaxed and rejuvenated state, so the good thing is to try to bring more of that into our life. Well, this past week, if any of you are um, following me on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, you'll know that I was the presenter at the California Independent Film Festival their slate awards i got to be like a vanna white and uh, the the very famous jan wall who is a movie critic was actually the host of the program a hostess she was wonderful and it was really quite uh, quite great to see all the filmmakers the actors uh, producers the celebrities and of course the general public politicians and, and all were there it was the 13th annual And I had that privilege of presenting the trophies where Lou Diamond Phillips won the Maverick Award and Tess Harper won a Life Achievement Award. I was hoping to have Lou Diamond on today, but we will get him on in a couple of weeks and we'll get Jan Wall on, too. We're actually going to do a a pre-Oscar lineup, so we'll be working on that for you so that you can have an idea of... From an actor, what it's like. He was nominated. He was a supporting actor for *Stand and Deliver*. So, what it's like uh, to be nominated, you know, for a Golden Globe or for uh, a SAG Award or for a um, an Oscar, and you know how you feel. And then, of course, Tess Harper. She was also um, she was in *Old* no *No Country for Old Men*, and she was nominated for *Tender Mercies*, a movie that you may have seen so we'll we'll get that and then jan is very very well burst on it but anyway the 13th annual awards uh don most was in attendance and sally kirkland was there there today is the very last day of the festival culminating with leah thompson and her newest film and you can get more information at www.caiff.com but you know film festivals are just the most fabulous way to get to mingle with people who are very, very passionate about filmmaking and passionate about what all the films are about and how to act in them. And I was really taken by something that Tess Harper said when she accepted her Life Achievement Award on Sunday. And what she told everyone is how much the entertainment industry has changed in the past 30 years. And she cautioned and encouraged people not to go into the industry and decide you are only going to have one name and one hat. It's time you start being a juggler and you have a lot of hyphens after your name. because So you do need to be a writer, a director, a producer, you know, the actor. And she said don't quit your day job, which is something I've been telling my clients for a long time. It's gotten much, much more challenging and more difficult, despite the fact that we now have the Internet and more opportunities for performances, there's also much more competition. And just a little aside, this week, Hollywood turned 124 years old. I think it's quite interesting. If you could give a gift to Tinseltown, what would it possibly be? Well, then on Sunday night, we had the Screen Actors Guild Awards, and that's something that I have been voting in for 17 years. Uh, This was the 17th Annual Screen Actors Guild Award, and... I, myself, like other Screen Actors Guild members, for the past month and a half have been busy watching all the films and the TV shows that were nominated for the outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture, The King's Speech won, and if you haven't seen it, it is quite a remarkable film. As an acting and media coach, it touched me uh, how much a a coach, you know, a, a presentation coach... A vocal coach can really help someone, and in this case, it was the King of England be able to speak. Uh, the outstanding performance of, by a male actor in a leading role went to Colin Firth, who, who was who played the King in uh, he played King George the Sixth in the King's Speech, and he was fantastic. The female actor in a leading role. Uh, And these, fortunately, you know, I most of these I voted. This, all I voted for, all of these was Natalie Portman in Black Swan. That's a very dark movie, but amazing performance. Amazing performance, and she was just lovely at the SAG Awards. She's expecting a child. She looks beautiful, and she's quite excited, you know, about this. But to see her as a, a ballet dancer. And, of course, we know that there's so much editing that goes into things. The other uh, movies, of course, were magnificent with Annette Bening in The Kids Are All Right and Nicole Kidman in Rabbit Hole and Jennifer Lawrence's Winter's Bones. And Hilary Swank was, in Conviction, all very major actresses. But I was very happy that Natalie won it. I thought she was fantastic. The Outstanding Performance for um, a Supporting Role by a Male Actor Went to Christian Bale for the fighter. Now, he made a huge transformation to, to be in, to look like that, um Dickie, Dickie Eklund who was the fighter. But my personal vote went to Jeffrey Rush who played Lionel Logue who was the speech therapist. I thought he was really just the best in it, but you know, again, we're happy for everyone. And an outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role went to Melissa Leo in *The Fighter*. And if you didn't see *The Fighter*, she plays Alice Ward, this crazy mother with all these crazy daughters. It's such an absolutely unconventional, dysfunctional family, but she played it at so, so wonderfully well. I for drama series, I voted for *Mad Men* and for a performance in a comedy series, I voted for Glee. So i got to tell you, I'm a Gleek and I'm a madman. I love those, but I'm going to have to watch some of the other ones to see how come they beat out. The one that won for drama was Boardwalk Empire, and what won for comedy was Modern Family. So if you are a fan of any of those, you will be happy for that they did win. So that's just a little bit of a wrap-up of the... Um, of the SAG Awards. I did want to say one other one that was quite interesting is that the outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series again went to Julianna Margolis for The Good Wife, and this made it her eighth win. So she is now in the lead for the most wins for a SAG Award of any actor on the planet. And in the the pre-red carpet treatment, she was shocked to kind of realize that she had had so many but she must have quite a few actors that's the statuette on her on her mantle and alec baldwin also he from um 30 rock you know he won again this year for an actor in a male um in a comedy series and the Evervescent betty white won for hot in cleveland in for the female in a comedy series which was she's she is fantastic So if you wanted to see more about the SAG Awards, then you could go to um, sagawards.org on the Internet. And then our next awards coming up, of course, we've got the Grammys coming up, and then followed by that, we will have the the uh, Academy Awards, the Oscars coming soon, and we'll be doing a show about that. So a lot of fun in Hollywood, and if you want to see pictures of me with any of the people Please go to StarStyleRadio.com for today's show. Click on radio. Now, switching gears, because we're getting close to Valentine's Day, how do you live with an angry spouse? You know, if, a, if someone really, let's I'll put it female, male, but a friend really loves her husband, but since he lost his job, she doesn't enjoy being around him anymore because he's like a time bomb that could just explode at any second. You can try reasoning with him, shouting back, biting your tongue, apologizing, avoiding doing anything that could set him off. But even though you realize that he isn't really angry at you, per se, you, you have to hate it when it's taken out, when frustrations are taken out on you. So even if you've been together for decades, you may not be sure how much more frustration and anger you can put up with. Now, I think it was earlier in the year we had author and psychologist Dr. Robert neon. He wrote the book, Overcoming Anger in Your Relationship, which if you are in a relationship and experience any of this, is a fantastic book to help you. And some of the things that he outlined that um, – About anger is how it is such a huge roadblock to intimacy. And the more that the anger lingers, it tends to escalate. It starts off with with withholding conversation or affection. Next comes the sarcasm, you know, like, oh no, you never do anything wrong. And then comes the contempt, which is, you know, what were you thinking? Or are we even thinking at all? And then it becomes the name calling, where you start being called horrible names or, you know, uh, very hurtful things. And if that continues, that anger can even turn into physical abuse. So if you are living with an angry partner, whether it's male or female, or if you're in any kind of physical danger, obviously you must remove yourself from the situation immediately. But if the problem isn't that severe, and this is a, a real change from what's happened, here are some recommendations that Dr. Nay had outlined in his book. And I think it's really important to first prepare yourself. So here are a couple of things that he suggests. First, keep an anger log. For several weeks, write down the details of any angry encounters. Who said and did what? And then the most important part is to write down how you felt about it. So you can review your notes, and you can consider which behaviors bothered you. For example, if you were being ridiculed or yelled at or criticized in front of others, you would write down how you felt. So your eventual goal is to establish new boundaries for your spouse's behavior, but first you must figure out what you want those boundaries to be. Then the second thing to think about is consider how you are actually rewarding bad behavior. Look at your login again and focus on your reaction to your partner's anger. Are you crying? Are you shouting? Are you running out and slamming the doors? Um, are you treating him like a child? Are you uh, acting, you know, putting your kid gloves on? Or are you apologizing for everything under the sun? So your, your spouse might actually be getting some kind of perverse satisfaction from making you squirm. And if so, you have to stop delivering that payoff because if you stop delivering the satisfaction, the spouse may be less interested in provoking you. Remember, you can't control someone else's behavior, but you can control your reaction. I've said it many times uh, on this show and when I'm talking about acting is all acting is reacting. And although we cannot control what happens to us, we can control our response. So the next thing to do is when you're both calm and you're not distracted, then you have to have that big conversation to talk about what's really going on. You want to clearly explain to your spouse the problems that you see. And when I'm saying spouse, this can be your partner or your loved one. You know, you want whoever you're in a relationship with that you really want to connect with and you want the relationship to be better. So you might begin with something like, I really love you, but I'm concerned about certain behaviors. Then get very specific. And your, your journal is going to help you with that. For instance, you could say, I don't like it when you insult me in front of our friends. It embarrasses me. And if your friends, if your husband or your spouse or your partner says, oh, you're just exaggerating, then you go to your log and you say, no, I wrote it down right here. This is what you said. This is when you said it. And this is how I felt. And this is what I said. Now, do accept responsibility for your own behavior, but don't re- accept responsibility for his Often an angry person passes the blame saying, ah, if you would stop nagging me, I wouldn't get so upset. Or, you know, if you would be prettier, I wouldn't be this way. Or if you would cook better. You know, whatever it is that you can acknowledge your role without buying into his excuses. For example, well, I'll work on finding better ways to remind you of things, but even so, it's not acceptable for you to ridicule me. Inform your partner of your new boundaries. Say something to the effect of, well, in the future I expect basic courtesy from you and this means we're going to speak in a normal voice and we're not going to shout and I want you to talk to me as you would speak to a coworker or a friend and when you're civil I'm going to be happy to discuss whatever is upsetting you but otherwise I will be unavailable to talk to you or to do things with you. And then the hardest part is you have to follow through. You have to consistently do what you said you're going to do. Your actions must reinforce your words. So when your partner begins to violate your boundaries, you have to remind your partner by calmly communicating that uh, if if he's not going to accept the boundaries you set, you're going to walk away. If you can't leave the area because you're in a car or something, you're just going to stop interacting. And then you want to start complementing positive behavior instead of reinforcing negative behavior. And that may encourage your partner to improve further. And also urge your partner to get a medical and psychological evaluation because there could be pain, medication side effects, depression, or some kind of condition that's sparking these rages. And once the treatment is uh, given for the underlying problem, the anger may abate. And you've got to be patient because you're probably going to encounter a lot of stonewalling. But don't get discouraged. And with all the discussion, your partner's probably going to do some thinking and changing. And hopefully you'll set a new course and invite your partner to come along with you. And hopefully he will. And just remember there are a few steps to create a successful relationship. Talk frequently. Work together. Keep your connection through communication and have a sense of humor. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about baby boomers and how we'll keep in shape. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit.
0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Business bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: How do you beat business burnout? Working in any industry is tough. Long hours, stress, run-ins with Murphy's Law can make anyone a candidate for burnout. Burnout can result in serious emotional and physical problems as well as a decline in profits. And here are a couple of tips for beating those burnout blues. Identify the systems and symptoms that are affecting your performance. Do your most important things first. Stop talking, start listening. Exercise. Catch people doing something right. Take a break or better yet, take a weekend and best, take a vacation. Help someone else. Vent your frustrations. reevaluate what's important in your life. And try doing something that's 360 degrees different from the business you're in, just for fun, maybe just for a few days. Breathe deeply and laugh more. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style with another business fight. For coaching and consultations, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-7827.
0: Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel Where the world comes to listen and talk. the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany.
1: Well, we are happy that you have stayed with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Well, 2011, the first baby boomers are turning 65. How did this happen? They are the best educated, the healthiest, and the wealthiest in the nation's history. However, you know, we have to raise a, raise a cheer to these first baby boomers and celebrate their vitality and especially their variety. I mean, they are a generation that spans from the Beatles and Springsteen, and they crusaded to end a war, stop the spread of nuclear war. They powered the explosion of new technology. They fueled the feminist Revolution and they joined the battle for civil rights. But of course there's challenges that boomers are foretelling and it's a generation that has saved too little and eaten too much and borrowed beyond its means. But how can we have a healthier, a healthier heart and a healthier lifestyle as we age? Well, this is consulting with some coaches and exercise gurus to find out some tips that were for good for boomers. And if you were born between 1946 and 1962, you are one of those boomers. So you want to perhaps get in some of these exercises. The interesting thing is is that exercises for boomers is the same as I mean it could be the same for just about any generation. But if you want to get the most from your workout, these are some insider tips that may help you, and again, this is from consulting exercise physiologists, trainers, and coaches. The first is the bottom line. It's the minimum you need to stay healthy and keep your muscle-strengthening exercise. It's a twice-weekly plus like two-and-a-half hours a week of moderate activity like walking or 75 minutes a week of a more intense activity like jogging. Of course, before you start any kind of activity, you want to talk to your doctor and make sure that your exercise routine isn't going to hurt something. You know, we don't want to do any evil. We want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. You want to get fitter faster. A more intense workout is going to burn more calories in less time. You can walk a 5-kilometer race in 40 minutes. You can jog it in 30 minutes, so you could run it in under 20. And either way, you're burning the same amount of calories. So walking, running, or jogging, as long as you keep going and do the distance, if it's 5 kilometers or, you know, 3.1 miles, you're going to get the same amount of calorie burn. Now, short spurts are best. Alternate spurts of hard, high-speed activity with periods of slower activity to shorten your workout, and that will improve your fitness. A st- if you want stronger muscles in a few minutes, we because we lose muscle mass as we age, and that makes us weaker. So you'll want to do two or three 30-minute weekly sessions using free weights or resistance bands. That they'll restore your muscles and they'll keep your bones strong. Now your upper and lower body moves, alternating with an upper body strength uh, strength session and strength training, and then use a lower body move is a time saver. And this is really important. You can alternate cardio moves like jump roping with strength exercises such as lunging. If you want a no-sweat workout, you can uh, do something even around the office, even for 15 minutes. Just take a daily exercise break. And uh, 10 minutes, you can start with 10 minutes. Just walk in the hallway. If possible, walk outside That's even better, so you can breathe some fresh air. And then if you add a few exercises with resistance tubes or some side bends, and the trick is to do it every day. Uh, What happens so often when we're at our computers is we just get what I call computer, but I know it happens with me, especially when I'm writing, I forget to get up. But you do need to get up, and you have to stop the excuses and just get out there and Give your body a, a little bit of exercise every day, at least 30 minutes. And yoga is something good. You've heard, Heather, Brittany, talk about the power of yoga on here. A few minutes of yoga-type stretches after a workout, it's really going to improve your flexibility. It's going to improve your range of motion and your strength in a way that aerobic exercises really can't do. There's introductory classes, um, at community centers and probably at a rec center or something near you Uh, since, you know, the regular classes often last 90 minutes and an introductory might be shorter. But you may want to try it to see how it works for you. And something that's interesting when it comes to exercising is to buddy up. There's a lot of statistics out there that show that when people meet and they decide to work out together that they tend to keep going with it. So you may want to get a group of friends together and hire a trainer to come to somebody's house and and then mix it up a bit. So exercise programs they do need variety. If if you do the same thing all the time, your body's going to adapt and then you're going to stop making progress. So you want to look for classes that provide an introduction to like maybe Zumba or belly dancing or tap dancing. Dancing is great no matter what and walking is great no matter what. And Research shows that few people, including obese, lose weight through exercise alone, and the reason is is that if you don't change your diet, you're not going to lose weight. So if you're really doing it to lose weight as opposed to strength, uh, your, strength in your body, then you have to eat less calories. If you are embarrassed to exercise around others, which is definitely true if you're overweight. Um, then you don't probably want to go to a health club. But if you choose like-bodied exercise classes or a gym or a workout with friends that are going to support you, you're going to probably stick with it longer. And again, the goal is 30 minutes a day, but it can be in 10 to 15-minute sessions. If you use your exercise time to read mail on a stationary bike or make phone calls while you're walking, you can do that. I mean, I... I have um, for the winter. I have a one of those um, reclining bikes, so I do my weights and my arms and use the bike, and and then you can catch up if you have a television there. You can catch up on that, or you can or you can catch up on your reading. So a healthier heart also starts, you know, one day at a time. There is good news with heart. Women tend to develop heart disease later in life than men do, but heart disease is still the number one killer of women. And what's interesting is that if you ask women what would be the number one, they most likely don't even think about that because most research for heart disease has been done on men, and women are not just little men. So despite the exercise that we do, we need more research on um, uh, on exercise for women. But I wanted to give you some information about exercising regularly, eating a diet that's rich in whole foods, maintaining a healthy weight, of course, not smoking, and to help you meet the important goals, you want to start with a few simple moves. So one way to get going in the morning is if you sprinkle some slivered almonds, like on your cereal. A, Research has shown that nuts lower the risk of heart disease by reducing levels of the harmful LDL cholesterol. And also, antioxidants and vitamin E found in almond skins, they may prevent plaque from forming on your artery walls. And you get, you know, bonus points if your cereal is made with whole grains. And that's going to help you keep your blood pressure in check. Another thing that you can do is have a longer toothbrushing session. Now, we are going to do a show on dental health one of these days here when um, Heather, Heather can, uh, can do some research on it. But what studies are showing, there's a huge strong association between gum disease and heart disease, possibly because in unhealthy gums, they cause systematic inflammation. And that means you don't want to rush brushing your teeth. The ADA, which is the American Dental Association, Says you need at least two minutes to clean your teeth and gum thoroughly. So you may want to use your wristwatch and um, use a brush, or you know you have those you know those electric, they're portable brushes. They go off automatically after two minutes. So you want to do that. You don't want to get um, to get any kind of gum disease because that could be detrimental to your heart and to other inflammation in your body. Now distance yourself from your destination. What does this mean? It means people who take at least 5,000 steps during the day, that's about 30 minutes of walking total, are 40% less likely than sedentary people to develop a metabolic uh, syndrome, which is a precursor to heart disease. So whenever you're going somewhere, you might want to try to park a block or so away, if you're in a safe area, of course, and walk. And of course, take the stairs instead of the escalator or instead of the elevator. And a few mini walks every day are, can help you uh, hit your target. And you'll be surprised how it's going to keep your muscles strengthened as well. Stand up and stretch. I touched on this a little bit earlier on how we just get so connected to our computers and to our workstations that we tend not to get up. So mid-morning is one of those most productive times of the day when you're concentrating and you're focusing, and it's really up their peak. But don't get too attached to that chair. Prolonged periods of sitting are associated with higher levels of cholesterol and an increased risk of heart-related death. So get out of the seat for a few minutes every hour and walk around. And, you know, if your boss says to you you're wasting time, just tell him you're keeping healthy so that you can work harder and work with uh, more precision because you are warding off heart disease. Keep the junk out of your lunch. You already know that you have to eat something and you need to eat fresh, you know, whole ingredients such as uh, green salads with grilled chicken, low-fat dressing. But watch out for that kind of Angel effect, where you think that you have, you know, eaten so healthy that now you can go sneak and overindulge in junk food and eat a bunch of chips or salsa or drink sodas. Remember that heart health doesn't end at your lunch or your main dish. It's what you eat all day long. Nibble, a high-fiber, high-protein snack. Now, some good choices for that, and this is something I love, is hummus, and you can get a pre-made hummus that's fresh, and hummus is just made out of uh, chickpeas and has a lot of different, you know, cumin in it and garlic, and there's different ways that it's made. But if you eat hummus with some whole wheat crackers or some apple slices, or you put a little peanut butter on apple or celery, this is a very nutritious, heart-healthy snack that uh, fills you up, and it's better than eating a processed food or, or cookies or something that is going to help you overeat. Take a a safety and sanitary break. You know, stress often strikes late in the afternoon as uh, the productive daylight hours dwindle. You may wonder sometimes at about 4 o'clock why you just start feeling really tired or you're ready for a nap. Well, you know, it's that frazzling time of day. That's when you really need that 10-minute breather. And in I used to call it civilized countries, but, you know, when I lived in Holland and and in Ireland and in England, at 4 o'clock every day, they take a tea break. And it's about to 20 minutes from 4 to 4.20. And everybody stops. I mean, even the businesses, if you go into a business, they'll offer you a cup of tea. People stop and have a small little snack, and it might be just a cracker or cheese or a cookie or something, and a cup of tea. And it's amazing how that decompressing just helps you get right back to business. And it, it does bring down your blood pressure, and it's going to help you feel more in control. It's very good for you. When it comes to drinking, the American Heart Association recommends that women consume no more than one alcoholic drink per day. And at dinner or happy hour, you can get more bang for your beverage by choosing red wine because of the antioxidants and all the compounds such as the rivesterol that are associated with lowering heart disease and uh, or mortality that are in red wine, but if you're having hard liquor, just keep it to one for women, and it's two for men. Power down your gadgets. You know we are very, very attached to our iPhones and our Droids and and our computers and our iPads and every kind of thing, our Kindles, etc. But surfing the web and texting on your cell and watching TV they all interfere with our sleep by stimulating the brain. So stop all that screen time at least an hour before bedtime, and your heart's going to thank you, and you will get more sleep. Women need at least six hours of sleep per day, and women who get at least six hours have less plaque buildup in their blood vessels than women who sleep less. So we want to think about our health when we think about sleep. I know that in my younger years, I used to thrive on two, three, four hours of sleep think, thinking I was superwoman, could do it all. But the reality is I was really knocking down my health. So you want to take care of your health by getting as much sleep as possible. And the best thing is actually eight, eight hours, seven to nine hours is actually recommended And bring your, um, hug your family at nighttime. You know, a loving touch, whether it's from a massage or a snuggle session, a good bear hug, it helps release the oxytocin, a chemical that brings down your blood pressure and enhances the the flexibility of your blood vessels. And so this will help you with sweet dreams and keeping you healthy. So whether you are a boomer and going to be Getting, you know, boomers are getting older <laughs> if you're in your 40s, 50s, approaching 60. Whether you're doing that or you are young, you want to be healthy. And one final thing is to remember that nature's air filters are houseplants. And although they may not cure the common cold, they're going to help you breathe easier because there's a jungle of germs and fumes out there. But when you grow houseplants, you can at least surround yourself with cleaner air because they all have a filtration process within the plant that removes up to 87% of volatile organic compounds. Those are the VOCs we talk about. And that is from NASA research. So that's nothing to sneeze about, considering that the EPA currently ranks indoor air pollution as one of the top threats to public health. So if you need a home remedy for what ails you, treat yourself to a house plant. Well, that concludes all of my advice for today. I want to thank you all for being great listeners and for allowing us into your life every week. I thank uh, Justin, our engineer, for making a great show. Make sure you're tuned here every week to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we normally will bring you the renowned authors and experts from around the globe. We want you to change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books, please visit Star dash or you can call the studio 925-377-7827 and we'll autograph things and send them out to you to make a donation to be the star you are you can do it by credit card or paypal visit be the star you org. may there be peace within you today may you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you're meant to be may you use your gifts that you've received and pass on the love that's been given to you It is there for each and every one of you. And as you go out into the day, remember that no one has walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths. You're one of a kind. You are you, and you have the power to be the person you were born to be. Be the star of your own life. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. You are a wonder of creation. My aim has been to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And until next week, when we party again, I am Cynthia Bryan from Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. And you are.